to uh, hear from God's word because today is a day we celebrate that our Savior came to earth to save his people. Uh, it's a really exciting day of Christmas. Um, parents, I'm sure you had the same experience as me. I had to um, wake my child up at seven o'clock and tell him there was presents and then he said he's going back to sleep. It's, it's, it's true, uh, actually. It won't happen next year, I can guarantee. Just like his mother, this is what he's... Yes, that's why my father-in-law is passing on. My other child isn't like that, though, so we were up early with him. Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 2, 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. So that was a part of the Old Testament that prophesies the coming of Jesus. And uh, Stuart will uh, explain how that fits in uh, in a little while when he comes and preaches to us. Um, Friends, um, Christians have always made a habit of confessing their sins. Uh, Christianity has good news in the face of bad news. The bad news is that all people sin and fall short of God's standard. Uh, But the good news is that Jesus came into the world to save us from our sins. And so it's actually with joy that we as Christians confess our sins together uh, to God, uh, knowing that he stands willing to forgive in Jesus. So uh, let's pray this prayer of confession together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we've sinned against you in thought, word and deed, and in what we have failed to do. Have mercy on us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you and live a new life to your glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And uh, apart from the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, which is actually about when Jesus was born, says uh, that Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So we confess our sins, knowing that the Saviour came to save us from them. Uh, friends, we're going to uh, say the Apostles' Creed now, which is really a, a statement of what Christians believe and what Christians have said we believe down through the ages. Um, how about we stand and, and say this together? Gets a bit of movement in the room as well. The kids are already adding that. So it's going to be the part of the excitement of morning church with all the kids. A little bit chaotic. Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So kids, can any of you tell me what today is? It's Easter. Good. You were... Oh, Christmas, sorry, I misheard. I miss, I miss, I understood, I didn't understand. It's the 25th of December, that's true as well, very good. Um, did you guys, so what, today you got some presents, did you? Some of you got some presents? Who got a present? What's this, can I? Oh, thanks, a present for me. That's very nice, thanks Ruby. I, I got, I've just received a little cat. No, that's not for me, is it? It's for you. It's a very nice present though, Ruby, thank you. You got something as well, oh, you got a Bible, that's great. That's like, that's the same as Stuart's one, it, might even be Stuart's one. Has it got Stuart Star written in the front cover? It says Campbell Frankie in the front cover. This is good. Um, so did anybody get a surprising present? Something that they weren't expecting? You knew you were getting that, so that's not a surprise. All right, Sienna. Sorry. Monster High. There's a product that I've never heard of that she's received. Which, a Monster Hide doll. I'll take it. That's good. Uh, sorry, Sienna, I don't know that one. This sounds really cool, though. Okay, uh, was, you, you weren't expecting that one? No? You didn't know you were getting that? Yeah? Campbell? iPad mini. You meant I would have searched that out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Did anybody, like, shake boxes to see what they were getting beforehand? We don't do that. Yeah, did it help you find out what it was? Did anybody break their present by shaking the box before they... Yeah, you shouldn't shake boxes beforehand. That's one of the reasons. Um, hey, guys, do you know what the best present at Christmas is? So we get presents at Christmas. There's a best present at Christmas that is actually what Christmas is about. Yeah, Jamie says it's about Jesus. Um, do you go, here's a harder question, okay? I want you to think for a minute. Um, why is Jesus a surprising present? Because <laughs> it's his birthday. <laughs> Have a think for a minute. So some presents you're really expecting to get because you know you're getting it. You might have seen mum buying it or something like that. Some presents you've got no idea about. Um, they're a bit of a surprise. Anybody idea? Jesus is a bit of a surprise present. Has anybody got any ideas why it might be surprising? Yeah, Callum. He saved us from our sins. Yeah, that is surprising because it's more than we deserve. We don't actually deserve Jesus. Um, he saved us from our sins. That's a really good answer. So guys, whilst you've got all your really cool presents today... Um, I think it's good that we remember Christmas is actually about Jesus came to die for our sins and to save us. Hey, hey Isaac. Hey, Isaac. Hey, Isaac. Do you know what Jesus came to do? Do you remember what Jesus came to do? To save us from our sins. <laughs> I know you know the answer to that. I'm just picking on him because it's a pastor's kid and that's what we do. So, <laughs> <laughs> My kids got it as well. He saved us from our sins. That's right. Good stuff. So, guys, today let's just remember what Jesus saved us from our sins, and that's what he came to do. How about we pray now and thank God for Jesus, okay? And then we'll keep going. You ready? Everybody, um, you put your hands together if that helps you stop fidgeting, and you can bow your heads and close your eyes. Is that good? Hey, hey, kids. Hey, Jamie. Ready? Okay, I'm going to pray. Caleb, close your eyes. 
Dear God, thank you so much that you sent Jesus and thank you that today we get to remember that he came to save us from our sins um, and thank you that he's such a surprising and good gift um, and that he came and did that for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius the governor of Syri- was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, if you hadn't drawn the conclusion, I'm Stuart Starr. I'm the lead pastor. It's my great pleasure to have this opportunity to open up God's Word. Hey, kids, I've got a plan for you. Um, underneath every seat is a Caring Connect card. It's a beautiful piece of paper. If you can get that out, parents, you're going to have to touch the piece of paper first. Uh, we're going to have to get a Caring Connect out, card out for the kids. On the back of it, it's got a white bit on the back of it. I want you to draw a vertical cross and a horizontal cross. So it splits it into four if you can do that. Okay, splits it into four. Down and across. So basically, we're drawing into four boxes. Okay, there'll be four pictures that I'll have up on the screen. And kids, what I want you to do is to scribble, punch, disfigure that piece of paper in whatever way you want, um, but to try and uh, make a picture of the four things that I have on the screen. Is that all right? So, and I'll tell you where they are. You'll see them. There'll be a hole where something's missing on the screen, and I want you to draw the thing that's missing. Is that all right? All right. I'm going to ask God's help for the kids and for us that we might hear something. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the chance to hear your word. I pray that we'll be able to hear it well and that we might be challenged and changed by it. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. Well, uh, here we are on Christmas Day, which I'm very excited about. I wonder, how do we come to this day? It's a day that's actually all about, as Matthew's already told us, all about Jesus. How do we come to a day that's all about Jesus? Well, I think some of us come to a day that's all about Jesus pretending that we're in control. Can, can anyone um, see what that picture is? It's probably a little bit small. Um, what is it, Campbell? That's right. It's the steering wheel. It's the fake steering wheel you put in the back seat of the car for the kids to feel like they're driving the car. I think sometimes Jesus is in Jesus is in control. He's the boss of the universe. But sometimes we think we're in control and we're sitting in the back seat uh, with the kids' toy, uh, pretending. Some of us come to Christmas Day pondering. My goodness, is it that time of year again? How on earth did that happen? And what am I going to do next year? And somewhere in there, maybe we'll have a thought about Jesus. Some of us will come to Christmas Day, I don't know why I'm in church today, I'm looking after my wife or I'm loving my husband or my mum and dad took... Some of us will come like that to Christmas Day. Some of us will come overflowing with joy. Now, anyone know who that is? Can you see? No, it's Davy Warner. Now, Davy Warner, I don't know if... You, does anyone know who Davy Warner is? I'm just wondering if I'm on my own here. I see that hand and that hand and that hand. Okay, all right. So when he gets a century, it's not like, oh, very good, yes... Uh, if David Warner's got a century, he's up and in the air, he's punching. He's just overflowing with joy. Now, some of us have arrived at Christmas Day overflowing with joy. And I want the ones who are pretending, the ones who are pondering, the ones who aren't interested to join in overflowing joy at what's happened today, that Jesus has been born. Well, let's jump into the Bible here and see who the key players are. Kids, here's your first picture that you need to draw. You can see someone's missing here. The first player in our story of uh, Jesus' birth here uh, is this bloke here. His name is Augustus Caesar. Augustus Caesar. Uh, he He ruled the Roman Empire from 27 BC to 14 AD. And he started a thing called the Pax Romana. That's your bonus prize for today. The Roman Peace. Okay? He was a really great Caesar. And he was in charge of the Roman Empire. And uh, the Bible tells us that this historical figure played a key role in the life of Jesus. Have a look with me, if you've got your Bibles open there. Chapter 2, verse 1 says this. Kids, I hope you're still remembering what Augustus Caesar looks like and you're doing good drawing. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And it goes on and tells us this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Has anyone named their kid Quirinius? No. I think it's one of the most famous names that no one would ever call their kids. Quirinius. Anyway, uh, Augustus Caesar issues a decree that a census needs to be taken. Do you know why a Caesar would want a census? It's one thing to say, how many people have we got in Australia? This is what it's all about. Taxes. I need to know how many people I've got so I can work out how much money I'm going to make. So here's the guy, Augustus Caesar, who's in charge of the entire Roman world and his plan at Christmas is to work out how he can take more from people. Yep. He's the guy in charge and his job is how can I take more from people? And if you're living in Israel at this time, that would have been just another kick in the head because that's the Romans. They're ruling over you. They're a foreign power and they just want to tax you more. So the general response of Israel to this time of Christmas would have been, oh, man, 
they wouldn't have been overjoyed at all. In fact, they would have been groaning under the fact that they had an oppressor in their country. Well, here's the second people who are involved in our Christmas story. Can anyone guess what's missing from here? How do you know that? That's right. It's, uh, it's Mary and Joseph. So in your second box, kids, I want you to be drawing a picture of Mary and Joseph on their donkey. Well, I assume it was Joseph's donkey. Hey, uh, guys, I'm gonna, there's some men and women in the, in the house. Uh, this is your time to participate. I'm going to put up the name of a town. I want you to tell me who's famous from there, okay? Glen Rowan. Okay, if you don't know that, there you go. That's, that's a little piece of information for you. Ned Kelly and Glen Rowan go together. How about Sherwood Forest? Excellent. Little John. Oh, very good. Okay. I didn't go with that, but we'll go with Robin Hood. All right, very good. Um, how about this one? Glen McGrath. Oh, come on, no one knows that Glen McGrath's from Narromine, except Russell. High, high points to you. Okay, now... Here's the thing. There are some famous people who make famous their hometown. Yeah? The hometown, never mind. Has anyone been there? Okay, Russell has. He's, he's paid homage to, uh, to, to Glenn by going to the place of ancestry. But see, here's the thing. You're the, Glenn, Glenn McGrath is the most famous product of Narromine. We've never heard of it otherwise. So some towns are connected with some people. What about if I put this town here up? Bethlehem, who's it connected to? Jesus. Okay, you're right, but before it was connected to Jesus, it was actually connected to someone else. Does anyone know who that was? Jesus. Mary and Joseph, that's a good plot. No, not, not true. To King? David. That's right, to King David. So King David's hometown was Bethlehem. And if before Jesus was born, you said Bethlehem, you guys would have gone, ah, King David. That's what would have happened in your head in the time that this story is set. So when we read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 4, this, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. We're thinking something king-like is about to happen. And just to put that on the map for you, um, here we are in Israel, down here. Zoom in a little bit. Uh, the head town in uh, Israel is Jerusalem here. Jesus was up in Nazareth, which is up here. Now, do you remember the reading that Janine brought to us? It talked about Galilee of the Gentiles. That's up there where Jesus was born. Oh, well, Jesus' parents were living. He grew up. Uh, And they leave there and they come down to a place called Bethlehem, which is down here. And Bethlehem is the place where the king came from. That's exactly right. So they came from there down to there. Now, do you know how far it was? I, be, I bet you don't know, because I didn't know. Um, it's 90 miles, at which point I went, oh, I don't know what 90 miles is. So I got my, my, iPod, I mean, my iPhone out, put it in the uh, translation app, and apparently it's 144 kilometres. Just to put that in the picture for you, think pregnant lady, think donkey, okay, and think centre of Sydney to Berry. Now, it's a good destination, isn't it? Have a cuppa, walk around the art gallery. It's a great place to go to. But would that have been a pleasant journey? 
I do not think so. In fact, I don't know how you'd be pregnant on a donkey. That's just got to be a terrible combination. So they eventually arrived at Berry, according to the scriptures. And when they got there, uh, this is what happened. Uh, Verses 6 and 7 say this. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. I wonder if it was induced by donkey riding, but anyway. Uh, The time came to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, uh, they didn't have a uh, illuminated neon sign uh, in Bury at that time. But it's intriguing to me, David, uh, Joseph and Mary are going to a family town. I would have thought that they would have had some friends and relatives who could have put them up. Does that make sense? I actually think it's quite strange that they... There was no room for them because they were going to the town that was of his ancestry. So I figured someone should have looked after them. I wonder if they, they travelled late because they were kind of hoping Mary would have had the baby beforehand. That's a guess. And that when they got there, they got there late. And since it was census time, everybody, every man and his dog had already taken all the places. Um, and the reason that they have the birth then in the stable is it's just a dry place that the woman who's about to have a baby, I'm having the baby right now. That's the place that you have the baby, okay? So uh, so there's no vacancy and Mary has the baby in the store. Hey, kids, third drawing. Third, one, two, three. Third drawing. Anyone know what's missing? A bear? Do I hear someone say a bear? It's not a bear. A shepherd. Ah, very good. There he is. Um, a shepherd. There were shepherds around, it says. Now, The interesting thing about shepherds, if you're schooled in the Bible, when you hear shepherd, your first thought might be, ah, shepherds, they're kind of like the the cleaning staff. Uh, It's nice that they exist, uh, but it's not a very esteemed job in any way, shape or form. It's kind of one of those, you're out in the back country doing your thing kind of job. So we think them as lowly. But if you really read your Bible well, Do you know what King David's job was before he became king over Israel? Yeah? Sorry? He had to look after sheep. What do you call someone who looks after sheep? So, shepherd, that's exactly right. So all of a sudden, when we hear shepherds, we can think lowly and that's right. But if we're listening with our Bible brains on, we'll hear shepherd and we could think, ah, Maybe there's something kingly going on here because shepherds are actually some of the people that God used to make kings. In fact, Moses' job before he was made into the leader of Israel was also shepherd. So there you go. So we think, I'm not sure about these shepherds. So uh, verse 8 says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks uh, at night. Uh, Kids, I've got another picture here. What do you think is missing from this picture? Do you say an airship? A piece of rock. Yes, it might be a piece of rock, mightn't it? What's, what's down the bottom here, kids? Uh, well, maybe that's a stable there. Yep. Uh, what's this guy got? Staff. He's got staff. He's obviously a very highly paid person. Um, there's, the, uh, there's the cattle there. And um, what's in the sky is this. Heavenly angels. Can you kids draw in your fourth box some angels? Have a look at uh, chapter 2 and verse 9, and it says 
this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. It was actually a really scary thing. It wasn't at all like a Philadelphia cheese ad. (laughs) Meeting an angel is actually a frightening, awesome thing. You're meeting someone powerful and mighty, and it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. Light shone around them. It's the glory that filled the temple. It's the glory on the mountain where uh, Jesus was transfigured. It's the light of God's presence. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and their response was to be terrified. Now, you remember that reading that Janine brought us? It talked about light coming. Have a listen to these words from Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2. This is written 600 years before Jesus came. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Light has come into the world. And what I want you to see is the first thing, the start of Jesus' life when he's born, when he's born, darkness has light come into it. When Jesus is born, darkness has light come into it. What do you know about his death? In Jesus' death, the light world darkens. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Jesus is born, there's light that breaks into the darkness. At Jesus' death on the cross, it says that it went black for three hours in the middle of the day as Jesus died. So when when Jesus is born, light breaks into the world. When he dies, darkness follows. There's something truly extraordinary happening in the birth of Jesus. And this is what the extraordinary thing is. Have a look with me at verses 9 to 11. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. Sure. Hello, heavenly being floating in space, surrounded by the glory of God. I won't be afraid. No problems. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be a great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now you could say, oh yeah, whatever, how is that a sign? A baby will be wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Well, the wrapped in cloths thing is perfectly reasonable. We still wrap babies up, don't we? Anyone in that stage still? We wrap babies up because then they can't move, and when they can't move, they generally go to sleep. Although some of them have escaping arms. Have you found this? You know, you wrap them up tight, and you're like, that's done. And then you come back, and there's an arm, and they're crying. Anyway, we still wrap babies, so that's not a unique thing. But lying in a manger is. Yeah? That's the food trough, as Matthew talked about last night with the kids. It's the food trough. It's the place the animals eat from. So putting a baby in there is a bit weird. So that's why it will be a sign. Now, I want to think for a second about what it means for Jesus to be a saviour. Now, I'm on holidays tomorrow, which I'm so excited about. And one of my favourite things is the Boxing Day test. Show of hands, anyone enjoy the Boxing Yeah, very good. Ladies, I see lots of hands. Thank you, Elaine. I'm encouraged. And Paul is holding up Heidi's arm. That's good. Heidi, I I assume you'll enjoy it. So we we go to the MCG. And hopefully it'll be bright, shining light. Now... If I take you out in the middle of the MCG at 12 o'clock on the 26th of December and I turn this on, do you think I'll be able to see it on the ground? 
Okay, trick, trick question. No, you won't. You won't be able to see it on the ground. And if I do this, right, it might be mildly irritating, but it doesn't actually do anything. It's not very helpful. While it's, while it's really bright, the fact that I have a light is irrelevant. For some of us, hearing that Jesus will be a saviour is irrelevant because we think, I don't need any more light. I'm doing okay. Everything is working well. Jesus is a saviour because he says the world isn't light. The world is dark. And in a dark world, any light is incredibly valuable. In fact, if we went and stood at the back of that stadium there, the very back tier, and someone stood down the front in the middle of the night with no moon and put this light on and started shining it around, do you know what? You'd be able to see it. And on top of that, if it was totally black and you had no other light, all of a sudden this had become the most important thing that you could see. It all depends on what state we think we're in. And I think the fact that Jesus is a saviour won't be good news unless we know that we need one, unless we know that we need help to save us from our sins. So the Bible says that the birth of Jesus is the best news ever. And I think some of it, sometimes we can go, okay, whatever you say, I don't really need the best news ever, until we realise that without Jesus, our sins will see us separated from him forever. What God has done in Jesus is send someone who will forgive our sins, cleanse our hearts and bring us back to him. On the cross, on that dark day, Jesus dies the death that we deserve to die, that we might live. What we see on Christmas Day is the best news ever because a saviour has been born, one who can make us right with God again and forgive our sins. Sorry? Is it Jesus? It is Jesus. Good work, Jamie. Nice work. So here's what happens. The angels, knowing that a saviour has been born, say this, verse 14, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. You can have peace with God. You can have a quiet conscience. You can have a free mind because your sins can be taken away. Your guilt can be cleansed. That is the wonderful offer of peace on earth to those on whom God's favour rests. So let me think about this with you. Does anyone remember who that was? What was his name? Augustus Caesar. He was the king of the universe and he came to take things from people. What he didn't know is that the God of the universe had come to give something to people. And so he was sitting in the back seat with his little plastic toy, believing that he was in charge of the world when really the great king had come. Now we can respond to the good news of Christmas and keep pretending in the back seat that we're driving our lives. We can do that if we'd like to. But we'll be ignoring the fact that the king has come. That's one response. The second response is we can be like Mary. Mary, who it says pondered all these things in her heart. She turned them over. She, she saw the shepherds. She heard what they said. And she pondered them in her heart. Some of us will be like the shepherds. We'll, we'll go, all right, I've seen the angel. In our case, you haven't seen an angel. You've heard the, heard the bit of the Bible. I'm going to go and check it out. I'm going to proceed to check it out. They check it out. They find out it's true and they praise God. And the next thing they do, having praised God, is go, 
I'm going to go and tell other people this great news that I've found. Now, today, in the town of Oran Park, no, uh, today in Oran Park, I would love you to take the first step the shepherds have taken, which is to proceed to check it out. We have a stack of these at the back. Carrie, can you give us a wave? Lovely. We have a stack of these at the back. They're totally free. They're an account of Jesus' life from Luke. Take it, check it out, and take that first step that the shepherds did. See for yourself the good news that has been announced. For those of you who have heard it, you might want to praise God. Do you? It's great news. And we want to praise God. And the best thing about good news is you can't keep it in. We want to tell other people. We want to proclaim it to others. So what will your response be? What will your response be this Christmas? Here's, uh, here's the final verse uh, from our section here. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I would love you this Christmas day to join us in praising God who has sent light into the world that will make darkness bright and give hope to all the earth. Amen.